0: You know, I know that you can be in a great big mansion, but it's too small if you're miserable. And you can be in a little cabin in the woods, but if you're happy, there ain't no place like home.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire
0: You know, so often we view ourselves negatively, in a way very unlike the way Jesus sees us. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, The One That Got Away, out of the Song of Solomon. And as we journey through the Song of Solomon, we see so many things in the Shulamite, who represents the Bride of Christ. Today, we're going to see how she sees herself in an inferior light, and is very self-critical. Then we also note how the shepherd assures her of her value and builds her up. What an amazing book this is and how beautifully it illustrates our relationship with our own great shepherd. Well, I can't wait to share it with you, so let's go right to part two of the message, An Hour of Temptation, An Hour of Tenderness. So the silver he offered her represented an offer of false religion and not true redemption. See, only Jesus and his blood can redeem. There's not anything else. I was listening last night to, I'll be honest with you, I'll go ahead and say the name, O'Reilly. I don't watch much, but there was a story he did and I saw it in the news that I read. So I turned it on and I watched and O'Reilly is not conservative; he's moderate. He's he's sort of a center. And when he goes off into theology, he's dangerous. Now all of a sudden he's off into theology, so I've got the volume way up, and I'm listening to what he says. And he's talking about Jesus, and he's writing a book called uh, uh, "Killing Jesus." And so he pops off with this statement and he says, now we all know, those of us who have really studied the Bible, and I thought, oh, please, those of us who have really studied the Bible understand that you don't have to believe one particular way to get to heaven, that as long as we do good things and live a good life, God is not going to send us to hell. Man, I wanted to reach through that screen and grab him by his teal tie and pull him up to me and say, stop that. Because he has four million people watching at any given time. And I was just picturing those millions of people watching, and I was thinking, how tragic, because that's just simply not true. That's not true at all. So if you want to watch O'Reilly for different news events, go ahead. But when he goes into theology, click him off fast. Because there aren't many ways, there is only one way. So, where do you get that? From Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. If you believe in me, you will have eternal life. If you don't, you will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on you. It is written of Jesus. He will call his name Jesus, as Joseph was commanded. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was very exclusive, very narrow, very one-way minded, very exclusive. So this Solomon, this tempter, offers her something that represented security and essentially a religion. You come and you be a part of our world. You worship our gods. You live in my pavilion. You Come in under me, not under the shepherd. You become a part of what I do and how I live and how we live and our worldview. And you live here and you forget the shepherd and you forget what you had with him. And you are now ready to live a brand new life. And she said, no way. If she had taken the silver, it would have been as tragic as Joseph's brothers taking silver for his life and Judas taking silver for Jesus' life. She would have been taking silver instead of the shepherd. Now, it was silver offered at the price of of the denial of her beloved, and she would not do it. Now, the Shulamite turned coldly away from the promises of her tempter. In contrast to the true love she had with her beloved, what Solomon had to offer was trash. And isn't that what Paul said? I count all things that I have lost for the sake of Jesus' manure, for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. He said, I've lost reputation. I've lost standing. I've lost home. I've lost friends. I've lost respect. I have been threatened. I have been chased. I have been stalked. I have been stoned with stones. I have been whipped. I have been all these different things, but I counted all as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. That was her attitude when it came to Solomon. Now let me ask you a question before we go to this next section. What's coming at you today? How's the enemy knocking on the door of your heart today? Are you being tempted as you sit here tonight? Are you being offered gold, silver, Figuratively speaking, are you being offered some things this world has to offer if only you will distance yourself from your shepherd? Can I encourage you tonight and our friends listening by radio, don't take it. It's never worth it. It never pays what it says it will. It never produces what it promises it will produce. Anything that takes the place of Jesus is way down at the bottom of preferences. He alone is worth our praise and our worship and our adoration and our 110% commitment. He alone is worth dying for, living for, walking with, pursuing. And so the Shulamite passed the hour of temptation successfully. Now we come to an hour of tenderness And as we begin this section, the Shulamite is a virtual prisoner in Solomon's pavilion. She's still there. Now the shepherd finally, now get this, the shepherd finally comes to her. Now how he does it, the story doesn't say. We don't know how he got in there, but suddenly he's there and he makes no attempt to get her away from her circumstances. He simply seeks to strengthen and encourage her and to assure her of his love just like the Lord Jesus does so often for us in time of trial. Have you noticed? uh, How many of you have, have wanted the Lord to take you out of something difficult? Have you noticed that more times than not, he doesn't take you out, but he comes into it with you and walks through it with you? Instead of plucking you out, he walks through it with you? This is what happened with her. The shepherd appears. He doesn't take her out. He doesn't change the circumstances. He just says, I'm here. I'm with you, and I'm here to encourage you. While it's sometimes difficult to decide who is speaking at this point in the song, a clue is found in the gender of the pronouns that are used. So the speaker in the next passage is definitely female. The Shulamite is speaking, and here's what she says. While the king is at his table, my spike nerd sends forth its fragrance. Now you say, well, what is spike nerd? Spike nerd was probably her term of endearment for the shepherd. She called him my spike nerd my nerd That may sound strange. Hey, my English leather. Or hey, my polo. But her term of endearment very possibly was my spikenard, calling him her nerd. The Shulamite is saying that he was like the lingering fragrance of costly perfume to her. His presence lingered with her. She then gives expression of her love in two ways. First, She rejoices in her prospect. Look what she says, verse 13. A bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me that lies all night between my breasts. Now myrrh was a fragrant perfume. It was also an ingredient in the holy anointing oil. Myrrh reminded her of the shepherd, so much so that she even slept with a portion of it close to her heart. Now I'm going to tell you something weird that I've done before. I have slept with the Bible right here. I have. You ever slept with your Bible? I know that sounds strange, but there have been times I just opened that thing up, just open it up and place it right here. I wanted to be close to the Word of God. Now, I know it didn't become a part of me or something strange and mystical, but I'm saying I loved it so much, I wanted it right here, and I'm going to sleep with it like this. Have you ever done that? Now, this is what she's saying. She's saying, the closest thing that I can get to him is this myrrh, and so I'm going to sleep with it right near my heart. Until she had him in person, which was her prospect, the myrrh served as his reminder. Then she rejoices in his person. Look what she said in verse 14. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blooms in the vineyards of Engedi. Now that doesn't mean anything to you, and it didn't mean anything to me, but let me tell you what henna blooms and Engedi represent so we can understand this verse. Henna was also known as cypress flowers. They grow abundantly in the Holy Land, and they're used to create beautiful bouquets. These are beautiful flowers. And Gedi is a town that is sometimes called the City of Palm Trees. It's located on the shore of the Dead Sea, just on the edge of the wilderness. While in a desolate location, it is saved from barrenness by the presence of a spring. Because of this spring, vineyards grew in this region that normally would have been desolate and barren. And in these vineyards, the henna flowers flourished. Thus, the henna flowers of Mangedi symbolize beauty where one would expect barrenness. Okay? The Shulamite sees her shepherd like these henna flowers growing in a vineyard on the edge of the wilderness. And here's what she's saying. Her relationship with him caused her to blossom even in the wilderness of Solomon's Pavilion. Folks, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what's around you as much as what is within you. She is sitting here saying, I am a prisoner in a strange place. I am being attacked by a tempter. I am not where I want to be. I am longing for my shepherd." This is not my idea of a great day. But I've got a secret. I've got a relationship with the shepherd. And that relationship with the shepherd is like a flowing stream through my life that no matter what's going on around me, I am blossoming within because I'm not dependent on circumstances. I'm dependent on my walk with him. Beautiful. That's why it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, though young men faint and fall. Because the circumstances are so difficult. Not the person who has a flowing relationship with God. They mount up with wings as eagles. They run and are not weary. Their strength is renewed like a young person. The secret is having a relationship with Him within. And oh, church, let me tell you, days are coming that we need to understand this more than at any time I have ever known. No matter what's going on out there, tribulation, financial difficulty, persecution, separation, job loss, hard times, difficult times, if you dig deep and keep your relationship with the Lord alive and well and vibrant, then you will be just like her. No matter where I am, I'm blossoming. Like the Shulamite, Shulamite, we also as Christ's bride should hug him to our hearts, cleaving to the fragrant myrrh of his word, his spirit, rejoicing in the prospect of soon being with him at his return. She held that myrrh close to her heart. It reminded him of her or her of him. And she's saying, one day I'm going to see him again. Until then, this is what I've got. And here it is with you and me. One day we're going to see him again. The shepherd is going to come into the prison of this world and take us out. We are going to hear a trumpet blow. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then we will be with our shepherd at last. But until then... We have the Word, our myrrh. We have the Holy Spirit, our myrrh. We have the fellowship of the saints, our myrrh. The message is, hold them close to your heart. No wonder the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the earnest down payment of the redemption that is coming. Now, we should rejoice in His person. He is like the bubbling spring that feeds our soul while we walk out our life in a spiritually barren world. Amen? Amen. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now next, the shepherd and the Shulamite talk to each other. We hear them conversing for the first time, and each one tells the other of their beauty. And this is not a flattery fest. This is love talking. He thinks of her, and then she thinks of him. And you'll see it go back and forth. Then he thinks of her again, then she thinks of him again. First, the shepherd thinks of her, and you know what he thinks of? He thinks of peace. Look what he says in verse 15. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. Now, he's not talking about the gold dangling off her ears. He's not talking about the silver that she got on. He's saying, you, my love, are fair. And you have dove's eyes. Well, I can handle that over a horse. (laughs) This guy's got it going on, not Solomon. You remind me of my horse. He says, you've got dove's eyes. She says, oh, I like this. The dove is the unvarying symbol of peace in Scripture. It was a dove that brought back to Noah the olive twig, informing him that the waters of wrath had abated. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace, descended on Jesus in the form of a dove. When the shepherd looked at the Shulamite, she brought peace to his soul. Well, then the Shulamite looks at him and she thinks of paradise. How many of you guys would like your woman to look at you and think of paradise? Come on, guys. Look what he says in verse 16. She says this, "'Behold, you are handsome, my beloved. "'Yes, pleasant. "'Also our bed is green.'" She's looking forward to the honeymoon, which she dreams of taking place in some secret shady forest. Not Solomon's pavilion with all the satin and silk. For her it will be paradise to finally be with him, no matter where they are. Then she talks of the place that she imagines they will live. Look at the way she describes it. She says, one day I see us in a house. The beams of our houses are cedar and our rafters are of fir." Here's what she's saying. I don't need this pomp and splendor and magnificence of Solomon's court. All I need is to be filled with bliss by being with you. Give me a little clearing in the forest and a house of cedar and I will be happy because it's not where we are, it's who we're with. You know, I know that you can be in a great big mansion but it's too small if you're miserable. And you can be in a little house, a little Cabin in the woods, but if you're happy, there ain't no place like home. It'll be glorious to her because he's there. And that's what she's looking forward to. Now, next, the Shulamite expresses a problem. And this is where we begin chapter two. Chapter two and verse one, she says, I have a real problem. Now, you've heard this verse interpreted in many ways. Let me give you another angle to it. She says, I am the rose of Sharon. And I'm the lily of the valley. Here was the problem. She could only see herself as a simple flower of the meadow. Because that's what the lily of the valley is. It could read this way. I'm only a blossom of the plain. That's all I am. I'm not some fancy woman of the court. I don't have a bunch of jewelry and gowns and all this other stuff. I'm just a simple woman. I'm a plain woman. I'm beautiful, but what you see is what you get. And she wondered how he, her wonderful shepherd, could see anything in her at all. She's having a moment like we often have with Jesus. Have you ever had this kind of moment? How can you love me the way you do? I don't understand how you can love me the way you do. I'm flawed. I make mistakes. I fail you and disappoint you so often. The psalmist said, what is man that you are mindful of him? This week I saw a picture of planet Earth from a satellite they sent up a long time ago. And if I remember right, it was from like 90 billion miles away. It was way out there. And Earth looked like a little tiny piece of salt. This little nothing... And I thought of that verse. What is man that you are mindful of him? This little speck in this gigantic universe. How do you love us like you do? If I was you, I wouldn't love me the way you love me. She's saying, what do you see in me? You could have any woman you wanted. What do you see in me? And this is what we do with our own great shepherd. Times of failure, we wonder, how can he love us? We don't feel worthy of his love. He's so perfect, and we are not. You can have anything you wanted, Lord. Why in the world would you come to me? Why would you forgive me? Why would you keep dealing with me? Why don't you give up on me? Why don't you walk away? Because I know I mess up so much. I fail you. How do you not get impatient and just call it a day? Like we humans do. He says, because I'm not like you. And I have a love that you can't comprehend. I have a love that you can't wrap your mind around. If you live to be a million, you could never understand it. What level of love would send the only begotten Son to be beaten by the very people He created, to be beaten beyond recognition and hung on the worst instrument of execution in the history of the world? What kind of love? We can't know it until we're there. No wonder the scripture says, Behold what manner of love the Father has shown unto us, that we should be called the children of God. So she's saying, Lord, I'm just a little lily of the valley. Why are you messing with me, shepherd? We see ourselves, as the Shulamite did, as just a wayside weed, a creature of the humble valley. Yet the shepherd responds with encouraging words. closing i think of the words of peter who said having not seen him yet you love him how reflective of the shulamite and though she can't be in the personal presence of the shepherd yet she loves him with all her heart well don't go anywhere yet our announcer has some important information to share with you our life talk listeners and be sure to join me next time as we continue to journey through the song of solomon until then may god bless you richly is my prayer
1: Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to LifeTalk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices, anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, LifeTalk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to LifeTalk Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Lifetalk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Lifetalk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Lifetalk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier.
0: An hour of temptation and an hour of tenderness is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, The One That Got Away. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The One That Got Away, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way In helping us with this endeavor, please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.